Hi, I'm Diana Penanchal, Associate Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and you're listening to Call Number with American Libraries. As we say farewell to 2023, we look back at another year of living in an era of unprecedented book challenges, efforts to defund libraries, and other threats to librarianship. But one silver lining has been the authors who have voiced their support for librarians, books, and democracy. This episode, Call Number presents its 2023 author chats. Here never before released clips from conversations with Ani DeFranco, Adina Menzel, and Kara Menzel, James Patterson, Rick Riordan, Brian Selznick, Clint Smith, Tracy K. Smith, Angie Thomas, and Kelly Yang. They share how libraries have been an integral part of their life and work, often highlighting how the library has been a sanctuary throughout their lives. But first, a word from our sponsor. The Public Library Association invites you to the PLA 2024 conference, April 3rd through 5th in Columbus, Ohio, to connect with colleagues worldwide, discover groundbreaking ideas, and explore the latest in library services and solutions. Become a PLA member and save nearly $300 on conference registration. This early bird discount ends January 12th, so don't delay. Learn more at placonference.org. Grammy Award-winning musician and activist Ani DeFranco released her debut children's book, The Knowing, in March. After she took stage at ALA's 2023 X conference, she spoke with American Libraries on how the library and books were an escape for her whenever she faced personal struggles. The library that I rode my bike to when I was a kid, it opened my world up. I'm so grateful that I developed a relationship to books, you know, when I was young, and that the library really facilitated that. To this day, it remains a really important element in my life. When things get really hard and too much, and I need to escape my life, you know, there's a lot of self-destructive or less constructive ways to do that, you know, self-medicating and this and that. And then there's books. And I really do find solace in books that I can just put down my life and my troubles and my worries and my overthinking and go into a whole other world. And it lifts me out of everything that I'm struggling with. And it's miraculous really. And libraries, I mean, I just think they're just a beautiful concept, and I really hope that the world continues to support them and that they can continue to do that thing for kids that they did for me. Featured at this year's ALA Annual Conference and Exhibition were singer and actress Idina Menzel and former elementary school teacher Kara Menzel. The sisters are co-authors of children's books Loud Mouse and Proud Mouse, with characters inspired by them and their relationship. They spoke with American Libraries about their experiences discovering libraries and what books they gravitated to at a young age. Kara kicks us off. For me, libraries, that was the beginning of my love of books. I just remember walking into libraries and having all these options. 
spines of all the books and knowing that I had so many to choose from. And I remember my first chapter book was right off the shelf at the Syosset Public Library. It was B is for Betsy. And I remember just feeling so grown up that I was checking a book out of the library. And then I used to pretend I was a librarian at my desk at home and I would run the books through my drawer. Um, I pretended that I was doing the you know, checkout thing with my dolls and with my books. The same thing, the exhilaration of walking into the school library. My first book wasn't this, but I remember looking at all the Judy Bloom books actually and being so excited to choose one. Best-selling thriller and mystery author James Patterson sat down with American Libraries at Annual to talk about his memories of going to the library as a child and why it's important to get books in children's hands. His imprint, Jimmy Patterson Books, was behind Free Water by Amina Lukman Dawson, this year's Newbery and Coretta Scott King Book Award winners. My mother was a teacher, and then on the weekend she worked in the library at Newburgh. And she would drag us to the library on Saturdays, not necessarily where we wanted to go. But uh, it was cool and you know, got into reading early, reading a lot of stuff there. The Jimmy books, our mission is when a kid finishes a Jimmy book, they'll say, please give me another book. As opposed to, I don't like to read, which is a disaster. If your objective is to get kids reading, why do you give them material that will be against your objective? <laughs> objective is get them reading get them reading a lot become better readers and we're going to give them stuff that's going to turn them off what who's i'm sorry who's running that particular insane asylum are you ready to shape the future of public libraries Join the Public Library Association in Columbus, Ohio, April 3rd through 5th for the PLA Conference. With over 100 education sessions and workshops to choose from, we have what you need to move your career and library forward. Reserve your spot today at placonference.org. Rick Riordan, best known for the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, recently published two new installments in the franchise, The Chalice of the Gods and The Sun and the Star, a Nico D'Angelo adventure co-authored with Mark Oshiro. Before he took the stage at Annual, Riordan discussed how the library is an important space for students. It's impossible to overstate the importance of libraries. Uh, not just to writers, but to anyone who's a reader, mm -hmm. anyone who needs books in their lives. I have still very fond memories of my local branch library in San Antonio, mm -hmm. um, which was where I went to get books. And it still seems incredible to me. It was a form of magic that you could go into this building and pick books, and they would just let you leave with them you could bring them back and they would give you more books. And it was an infinite supply of stories, of worlds that I could explore. The libraries at schools I found to be especially important to me because they were a sanctuary. They were a place where anyone could go and take a breath and relax and explore a different world. And there are a lot of times for students who are in especially middle school, where I ended up being a teacher, where a library is just critical. I think about Olmsted's parks, like Central Park, and how 
They're described as the lungs of a city, and I think of libraries that way. They are the lungs of a school, and they allow a school to breathe. After Brian Salznick released his first book, The Houdini Box, he received an unexpected package from an Iowa elementary school. The students, with help from their school librarian, sent him a collection of handmade awards dedicated to his debut. Salznick, who went on to become a Caldecott Medal-winning author and illustrator, spoke with American Libraries during Libler Next about what receiving those awards meant to him. Yeah, when the Houdini box came out in 1990, I was still working as a bookseller at Eeyore's Books for Children. And I didn't really know very much about what might happen after the book was published. I think when you're a first-time author, the goal is so much about the book being published, the act of publication, that you know you want to have readers and you know you want people to embrace the book, hopefully. But for me, it was very much something I couldn't really imagine. I think I got a package that wasn't exactly labeled on the outside. And so I opened it up and all these hand-drawn awards came out, about the size of a Caldecott, and they all said, congratulations, you've won the Lemmy Award. And the librarian had spearheaded this project every year for many years where she had the kids vote on the books. And the idea that this amazing librarian had taken the time to work on a project like this so that she found another way to help kids become excited about the books that they were reading. And that's, you know, so much of a librarian's job is very related to what I saw in my job as a bookseller, which is also related to my job as a bookmaker, which is trying to find the right book for the right kid and finding a way to get that book into the child's hands. So she was able to create this award, get the kids to write letters, the kids all designed the awards themselves, but it was a really beautiful reminder of the ways in which librarians are able to find ways to excite children about reading. Author and poet Clint Smith's work examines the big and small moments in both our personal and collective lives. In the weeks before he spoke at LibLearnX, Smith shared how the library represents ideal values in our society. I was obsessed with the summer reading contest. I was like, I want that personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Like, I gotta have it. I gotta read. I think it was either 10 books or 1,000 pages. I was like, if I read 5,000 pages, can I get five pizzas? And I loved walking to our local library in New Orleans with my mom. And it all felt so endless. The books felt so endless. The, the ideas felt so endless. You know, I'm certainly not the first to say this, but in a moment in which things feel increasingly means-tested, it is a space that is so emblematic of like the democratic egalitarian values that I think so many of us want the larger world to look like. And if public libraries were to be reimagined, or were, you know, if people came up with them today, I'm not sure that they would be as egalitarian and open as, and as magical as they are. So I feel enormously grateful on a personal level as a child. I mean, librarians and libraries were indescribably helpful to me over the course of my, my research on various projects. They're also just wonderful spaces to be in.
TLA 2024 conference is heading to the Midwest this spring, and all public library workers are invited. Don't miss this chance to reignite your passion for public library work and be inspired by visionary speakers like comedian Dulce Sloan, climate justice writer Mary Anise Hagler, and New York Times bestselling author Ta-Nehisi Coates. Together, let's shape the future of public libraries. Register today at placonference.org. Pulitzer Prize-winning poet and author Tracy K. Smith released her collection of essays, To Free the Captives, A Plea for the American Soul, in November. Smith spoke with American libraries about spending time at the library when she was an undergraduate and how libraries represent democracy. I love the feeling of privacy and community that libraries foster, and I've loved that since I was a child, you know, wandering around and choosing books to take home every week. My student life as an undergrad in particular was nurtured by the sense of privacy that libraries afforded me. I can go and I can imagine that the poems I'm seeking to call forth can be better coaxed by the voices on the shelves. One of my favorite jobs as an undergraduate was at the circulation desk and shelving in the Lamont Library here at Harvard. It's a democratic space where we live so much in spaces that are marked by status, by levels of membership, by, you know, commercial or market-driven allegiance. You know, we go to the airport and we're queued up based on how how many miles we have. But a library is really about going someplace to be fed. (laughs) And all are hungry if we really think about it for what books and the community of literature offers. And that feels really restorative and something that we need right now more than ever. Soon after Angie Thomas released her debut young adult novel, The Hate You Give, in 2017, the book became a common target for challenges in schools and libraries across the U.S. She shared with American Libraries a message of gratitude to librarians fighting for intellectual freedom. Libraries, librarians have played a huge role in my life. I've often talked about the incident when I was younger, where after shooting at my neighborhood park, my mom took me to the library, told the librarian what had happened, how I was almost caught in the crossfire of a shooting. And she told the librarian, you know, I can't put her on a plane to take her somewhere to show her the world, but I can hopefully get her some books. Can you give her some books? And the librarian loaded me up with books that showed me that there was more to the world than my small little piece of it. That changed me, that liberated me. But beyond just that experience, libraries were my safe place, my safe haven. You know, my librarians, whether it was at my local branch or my school library, they opened the world up for me and they allowed me to be, they allowed me to grow, they allowed me to learn. I'm so thankful for them. I wouldn't be an author if it weren't for libraries. Beyond just even the books, the resources. I spent so many hours on the computer at my local library because my family didn't have one. And I would just be on message boards, you know, talking about my favorite group or something like that. And the librarian had no problem with me doing that. You know, it, it was a safe haven. It was a safe space. So I am so appreciative for the relentless work that librarians do that often goes unrewarded. They don't get enough credit. They don't get enough support. And as someone also who at one point lived in a place, Ridgeland, Mississippi, where the library was facing challenges from the mayor because of the books that they had available that featured LGBTQIA people, I saw the fight 
firsthand that these librarians went through to make sure that every patron who walked through those doors to find a book that showed them themselves, they fought for that. So I'm so thankful for the fight of librarians, especially right now. If this is my opportunity to say it, thank you, librarians, (laughs) from the bottom of my heart. ALA selected author Kelly Yang as honorary chair of 2023's National Library Week in April. Yang spoke with American Libraries about the library being a source of stability in her childhood, even though she and her family often moved from place to place. When I was little, it was really the first place that I went where I was invited to dream bigger than you know, what I thought was possible for myself. You know, in the classroom, I had great teachers, but there's always the worry about getting a bad grade. <laughs> you know, it was like lurking. And I felt scared sometimes to say something in class. What if I mispronounced it? What if I didn't get it right? I felt scared sometimes to try. But in the library, nothing could go wrong. It was just you and the book, you know, you and the librarian, and it was just this magical place. My parents moved around a lot. We were always living in different cities because they were, you know, struggling first-generation immigrants and life was really hard. That became a major source of instability in my life, the fact that we would constantly have to move. I was always the new girl. But I realized that if I had a library in my school, then I would always be able to find my way home. Then later on, I became a mom and my house was complete chaos and I had no place to write. (laughs) So I would once again go to the library. Many, many, many of my books have been drafted in the library. To me, the library is so essential for our society. Season's greetings and a happy new year from the Call Number podcast team. Next episode, we're exploring Baltimore, where ALA will host the 2024 LibLearnX conference in January. Is there a story or topic you'd like us to cover? Let us know. Thanks for listening.